Hi there. Welcome to Live at Gilmore Guitars. I'm David Gilmore, and this is a podcast that should have happened years ago. Today, I've got a guy that has been a Luthery mentor. He's been a great friend, and he's an amazing musician. It's Jake Peters, live at Gilmore Guitars. Thank you. 
that's mesmerizing. Totally amazing. Thank you, Dave. Thank you very much. Jake Peters, finally. This is a podcast that should have happened t- 10 years ago. We, we, well, we wouldn't know what we know now. Well, that is true. We wouldn't have the same relationship. So, Jake Peters, you are... Uh, you're a re- renaissance man. I, I would, you're, you're, you're one of those guys that I would say is one of the most interesting people that I know. Um, interesting. I first became aware of you uh, when I took the guitar building course at Timeless Instruments uh, with Dave Freeman. Um, you were the very first person to take that course. I was. And um, I sat at the back of the class. And one day I fell asleep in class at the back of the class, and Dave noticed, and he threw a piece of chalk at me, and he missed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a great course, and uh, I learned a lot. Dave was pretty fresh. We've remained friends and brothers, just like you and I have over the years, and uh, we still exchange ideas. And that wasn't actually the beginning of your Luthery journey, was it? No. Because you've traveled all over the, the world, honing your craft. Honing the craft, looking at other luthiers, trying to figure out how things go together. And the fascination with wood and languages and food, you know, the, the whole thing kind of worked hand in hand. But it started really when I was very young with my uncles and my mom playing music and fixing their own instruments. My grandpa on my mom's side was a metallurgist, but he was also a hobby builder. So he built things like boats and uh, canoes and violins. He built three violins. So I come by it honestly. And then after I got out of high school, I hit the road for a little bit and uh, found Jean Lerve and worked for him for three months doing nothing but cutting in like and that's what really hooked me, seeing the inside of a factory and how guitars are built and the great players that build them and play them. Right. That's nice. I remember what got me on the path probably when I was 16 years old, and I've told this story several times, that I was watching uh, a daytime talk show with uh, the Al- Alan Hamill. I don't know if you remember Alan Hamill in yeah, the late 70s. I do. Valdi was on the show. And he had his Larravee guitar with him, and and Alan Hamill said, "Tell me about this guitar." And and Valdi said, "Well, my friend Jean Larravee built this guitar." And I went, "Wait, stop the presses! You mean somebody can build a guitar? It doesn't come from a factory or something. Somebody can just build a guitar." And it was at that point, I think I was about 16 years old, and I said, "One day, I'm going to build an acoustic guitar." So you know, fast forward a hundred years, here we are. Here we are. Luthiers speaking. Luthiers. And it's not a religion, folks. (laughs) No, no. Although we practice it religiously. Yeah, probably more than religion. Mm -hmm. In my case, anyway. In mine, too. (laughs) And you're not just a luthier. You are obviously, uh, you know, by that first tune that we heard, which, by the way, was called Brachina's Waltz, Mm -hmm. and is included on a CD that you did 2016 called uh, Manly. Manly Ukulele. You are an amazingly accomplished musician as well. And, and I'm assuming that's kind of where it all started as a player. That's kind of where it started as a player. And then the, um, like you were saying, factory guitars. I was never satisfied and still am not satisfied with the run-of-the-mill factory instrument. 
It has to be, I got short, fat, stubby fingers, so I like some room on my instruments. Yep. Hence the name manly, which implies manly, bold, bigger, right. better. Not necessarily better, but built for bigger, fatter fingers, easier to maneuver, more like a classical guitar width, only on a ukulele, four strings. Right. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit more about your, your process and, and your journey into the ukulele because I find that absolutely fascinating uh, because you've gone in and studied with the masters uh, of the form in Hawaii. Been very fortunate. So, so but first, let's, let's get a, another tune in here on the podcast. Okay. So, uh, and for the purposes of the listeners out there, you're actually playing ukuleles that uh, I built. Yes. Uh, the one that you're playing right now. Uh, I gave to you about two years ago, maybe a year ago, two years ago. Yeah, it was before my, my surgery, uh, carpal tunnel and a nerve release surgery on my right arm. So I'm five months into that healing journey. And how is that going? It's pretty good. Well, you can hear what I'm doing and you heard me before. Um, so it's pretty good. This particular ukulele is wood that I gave Dave. And uh, this, this happens very rarely, and I'm talking to you listeners out there, that a luthier will gift another luthier with an instrument just because of a love. So I'm playing this instrument for you guys, and uh, I love it. It's one of my main players. I play my own instruments as well, but this one I keep right in the shop, right beside me, so that if I decide I'm going to play an ukulele tune while I'm working, um, Dave's instrument is right there, and it reminds me of uh, the love that we share, the passion that we share about our, our craft, and for the music, and for each other. This is a tune that I wrote for my wife's mom and dad. It's called uh, the L&M Strutton Stroll. Live at Gilmore Guitars, it's Jake Peters.
Jake Peters live here at Gilmore Guitars. Uh, and we, I had mentioned earlier before you did this song, um, your journey into building ukuleles, uh, which has become sort of your, your main focus as a luthier these days. Uh, and that started on a trip to Hawaii. That started on a trip to Hawaii. And um, wow, I was wearing cowboy boots, blue jeans, and um, a cowboy hat, playing cowboy music and top 40 country. Well, I, well, let's talk a little bit before we get to your Hawaii experience. You are actually uh, a, a renowned banjo player. Yeah. You, you, you've won the, the CMA Award as Banjo Player of the Year how many times? I have. And um, um, way back in 1979, the Canadian Open Banjo Championship. So that's kind of where my roots are, is playing bluegrass and old country. Right. Um, I was also a flat-picking champion at one time in my career, and uh, I don't do much of that anymore. I fell in love with this little ukulele. So I went to Hawaii as a cowboy kind of dude. Uh, not a cowboy, but in that musical vein. Yeah. And I didn't even have a, a Hawaiian shirt to wear there, and I didn't have any shorts. The first trip, I bought shorts, I bought some flip-flops, and I bought myself a Hawaiian shirt, and I started dressing like the locals. I fell in love with this little instrument called the ukulele, and really listening to players that were just amazing, playing the kind of music that I was just playing, and I was blown away that they could get this whole orchestra sound out of this wee little four-stringed instrument. Right. That's what started the spark. It's a it, it's an amazing instrument, really, and uh, when it's in the hands, like a guy like you that can can get that out of it, it's like I said off the top of the show, it's mesmerizing to watch, and just as mesmerizing to hear. Well, thank you, thank you, Dave. But there's also one point I want to make, and for the listeners, Dave builds one of the finest instruments on the planet, and if I don't have a hot rod like this, or like what I build in my hands, I can't make it sound the way I want to sound. So first of all, the way I play and the things that I can do with it, I need an instrument like this in my hands to make it work. Right. It's hard to get that out of a, a store-bought instrument anywhere under a $1,000. Yeah, you might find the odd one, but really, if you're gonna play like I'm gonna play to that level, you need an instrument made by yourself or by me or another luthier that and knows what the people this. people can't see here is me blushing. Thank you so much for your Oh, for, you for should be so blushing because they're beautiful instruments, Dave. And I just picked up um, another instrument built by Dave. This one is a little bit different. The last one you heard, what's the top on that last one? Uh, the first one that you played was a uh, spruce top, a Sika spruce top. And uh, the wood actually came from Hawaii, Hawaiian rosewood. Yeah, milo sure milo. Actual, uh, say that again. Milo milo. Okay. Is the word. Yeah, and uh, with a, it's a typical tenor ukulele plan, so uh, a 19-inch scale length. And uh, this one that you have in your lap now is the same plan, except a lot narrower body. And this one has Hawaiian koa that I got from you. Chocolate koa. Uh, and uh, the top is a really, really red, western red cedar. 
and it's very, very expressive. This is uh, this is the punchiest ukulele I think I've played from from your hands. Uh, and if anybody's interested, this one is hanging in the showroom. Yeah, the other one's not for sale. No, that that so, one that one is yours. That was a love gift. I should probably play something on this one. I think you should. Let's let's hear something there. Jake Peters, live at Gilmore Guitars. 
So can you talk to me a little bit about the culture of ukulele that you've been sort of invited into as as a builder and, and as a player of the instrument? Well, yeah. So starting with a couple of people, um, obviously Kamaka, Sam and Fred Kamaka. So the first... Um, ukulele that I took to them. I had built 300 plus instruments. This was my first ukulele yeah. that I built from my hands and it was a tenor. Made of mahogany, scraps basically that I had left over from a classical guitar that I built a client here in Red Deer. And I took it to him and he said, you know, this is a beautiful instrument, but if you're going to build culturally, you should use koa. Koa in Hawaiian means warrior, and it's a warrior wood, as you well know. It's it's like just a, a bear to to sand and work and bend. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful wood, though. I mean, and I say it all the time: wood is always going to tell you what it wants to do. Absolutely, absolutely. And this particular wood, um, because of the way I was talked to by Kamaka, that carried on. I thought, okay, this is a very spiritual wood for these people. The same as cedar is, and you, to our native people here in Alberta and the West Coast. Right. Um, so knowing that, that there's a spiritual side of all this, I was very careful when I started asking questions like, how do you do this? How do you do that? Amongst the, the makers, like Pops over at uh, Kualoa, or Noah Bonk, on the other side of the island with uh, Hawaiian Music Supply and those guys. He builds a beautiful instrument too. If you're going to sell to a Hawaiian, it should be koa. But I like our Canadian woods too. So, you know, I started using some Canadian woods and introducing to some of the builders over there. And it spurred on a whole journey for some of the builders and you can look at some of them now you'll find things like flamed maple right uh, spalted maple and they're starting to incorporate some of that wood into their really fine builds and the culture is really interesting because what i found there that i didn't find here except with you and folks you got to understand dave gilmore when you come and see him you're going to get treated like a family member and that totally overflows into his builds and into what he does as a luthier. It's rare. It's a rare thing that Dave Gilmore and Jake Peters have together. And uh, it's kind of cool because most luthiers would rather not talk to each other or share their trade secrets. But I found that not to be the case there. Once I got in with these guys and they saw the quality of instrument that I built, they were like, oh, who's this Heoli, this white guy? We should maybe uh, show him a few things. And I was enlightened nice. by the builders. Um, the way they're holding tra to their traditions of where this little instrument came from originally, from Portugal, in the form of machete, braquina, machete. Um, machete being the foremost one. And then, of course, with the Spanish influence with... Uh, when cows started coming to Hawaii, they brought Spanish cowboys from Mexico and Spain, yeah. and that culture stayed. So we have a whole other area of 
cowboy called Paniolo music. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was adopted as a Hawaiian because of studying this craft prior to going and not going as an arrogant um, luthier that, oh man, I can build any, any instrument in the world. No, I'm still learning how to build ukuleles. There's ukulele builders from the past that I'm still studying. Right. And going, holy cow, these guys knew what they were doing 200 years ago. Yeah. It's amazing the, the things that they were doing, you know, because we have so much technology at our fingertips. And it, it's crazy what you can do. But still, the things that they were able to achieve even before electricity is just mind-boggling. Totally. Mind-boggling. Totally. The inlay... Yeah. That was done like I'm an inlay artist, and uh, you are as well. Well, I, no, I, I'm really not an inlay artist. I can do simple stuff. Uh, I I figured out very early in my luthery career that being a, uh, an inlay artist really has nothing to do with building a really great instrument. You know the procedure, though. I Yeah, I know how to do it. I'm just not good at it. Mm. And I, I found out very early that... A bad inlay is like a bad tattoo. Once it's there, you can't fix it. Right? That's very true. So, uh, I'm very, I'm very simple in my approach to adorning guitars. I like simplicity. I don't. There's not a lot of bling. Me too. Sort of I used to love bling, especially in my early banjo picking days. Because right. of course, well, banjos, everybody wanted inlay in their yeah, banjos. Exactly, and you still do that sort of stuff. I do. Yeah, uh, I. You know. I don't want to say I envy that that art and that talent, uh, but it's it's sure something that uh, you know I look at and I just go, wow, that's so so good. Me too. And you know the Grand Master lives right in uh, right in Winnipeg, Grit Laskin. I was going to say Grit. I didn't, oh yeah. I didn't know he was in Winnipeg, but yeah, Grit Laskin. Yeah, is, I think he's in Winnipeg. I thought he was more of a down east guy, but I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Yeah, I've been wrong before too. So I'll be wrong again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, I do have to say that, uh, like, you've been absolutely generous with your knowledge uh, over the years since I began my journey in Eleuthery, building guitars and building ukuleles. Actually, I, I started build, building ukuleles because I saw, you know, some of the stuff that you had done. And, and you know, there's sort of this sort of perception that ukuleles really aren't instruments but you know it that's so false because it they're, they're, it's in in the hands of a of a real musician they're they're a, they're a dangerous weapon they're just amazing there's a connection that we have with the shredding world right with the ukulele okay if it had not been for the ukulele Eddie Van Halen quite possibly would not have come up with the stuff he came up with. And you listeners out there, check this out. Google Eddie Van Halen's dad. Right. And you're going to find one of the greatest ukulele players there ever was. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And uh, as far as my, my Luthery career concerned and our relationship, there have been many times where I find myself at, at kind of a standstill about a procedure or a problem or something that, you know, I have to figure out. And, you know, the, the question that comes immediately to my head is what would Jake do? Hmm. And there's been times when I've got on the phone and said, Hey Jake, what do I do? So I, I'm, I'm very grateful for, for you uh, imparting your knowledge to, to a guy like me as well. 
Well, you're the same with your knowledge. You impart, we both teach and uh, impart those ideas. And I think I may be a little more uh, uh, of a chance taker when it comes to doing a uh, off-the-wall repair. And I've been fortunate enough to talk to guys like Dan Erlewine yeah. on the phone. And, uh, you know, we've had people like Tim Williams, who's now on the coast. Yeah. Um, um, just people that shared their knowledge before. So that, that kind of imparting sticks with you. And guess what? We don't get, like, we don't get to keep this all ourselves. It's meant to be shared. And one of those things about sharing the ideas and, and all of the things that we do, I actually got that from Dave when I, when I took the course, because that was one of the, like he and I would sit afterwards and have a dram and, and just talk. It, we got to be quite good friends while I was there. And one of his things was sharing the knowledge. He said, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's better for all of us if there's more of us doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want my, you know, I want my students that I'm teaching Luthery to or music. I want them to be better than me. So, just like you, we lay out a foundation for the course. And um, as long as we're giving that student a good foundation to work out of, those kinds of things that intrinsically happen during the course, like making sure to tell them, listen, pass on knowledge. Yeah. This is important stuff that we're, we're learning to do. It becomes more of a spiritual journey as well. And like you say, once you get into it, the building process... It's very meditative, and it's a very self-journey, too, because you're looking inwards. Oh, can I do this? Do I have the ability to build an instrument? It's a daunting challenge. It really is. It is. But one of the hugest payoffs for me is sitting in a chair and watching somebody play an instrument that I built. Yep. There's nothing like that. Or hear a song that somebody wrote on an instrument that I built. Yes. When, when that happens, I know that I've done my job as as the builder as a luthier yeah yeah as a builder yeah and that's all important stuff um folks dave's instruments my instruments um our mentor dave freeman over at timeless instruments tagaski saskatchewan people like this impart love into their instruments and you can tell the difference i'd like to think so oh yeah you can your instruments so it's like this for me your instruments, Dave Freeman's instruments, Bob Taylor's instruments, all have a voice. They have a very clear voice in my head. Martin Guitars, my instruments. They all have a voice. They have a particular voice, um, mostly because of how they were established. And and you can't get that voice out of a box or out of a a store-bought instrument. You just can't. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the pretty cool thing about what we do. And like you say, there's nothing more satisfying for the Luthery student to play that song or write that song on an instrument they built, or for a Luthier to have someone else write a song or play a song, write a composition on an instrument they built. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That's the hugest payoff for me. Huge. And let's get one last song here on the uh, on the podcast. Uh, you've picked up the... It's all the second newest guitar in the showroom. It's a Hawaiian Koa parlor guitar with Western Red Cedar top. And uh, 
you've tuned it to a, a C2? Is that what it is? A C sus? Yeah, it's C, G, C, G, C, D. Is that kind of like a, uh, a lap steel, slack key kind of tuning? Slack key. So, Kiho Alu. Yeah. Slack key. This is a slack key tuning. And, um, yeah, this is a beautiful guitar. So, just like the, the ukulele that you built me, I'm going to pretend now that you built this guitar just for me and uh, play a tune on it like, it's, like I own it. Okay, please do. <laughs> play it like you own it. I'll play it like I own it. Jake Peters, live at Gilmore Guitars. guitars that's jake peters jake thank you so much for coming to the studio today and and having a chat and playing some instruments for us thank you dave always a pleasure to hang out with you so tell people where if somebody would like to come to you about an instrument about music about whatever they need regarding jake peters how can they get a hold of you jakepeters.ca awesome all my info is there thanks thank you dave live at gilmore guitars it's in the can <laughs>